All right, man. Um, all right, well, here we go. Another edition of uh, Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. So giving them the titles gives them just a built-in thing to do, you know, to, to just continuously defend those those championships. Um, so, yeah, I was, I guess, my thoughts on it, I was um, somewhat surprised that the War Raiders won, but not completely given what I was talking about. Um, the Undisputed Era is just one of those teams that it's just hard to see them losing in any of the matches that they have. Um, it is, they just, it is, they're, especially they're just, when, uh, yep. Go ahead. I was saying, especially when uh, Adam Cole, baby, makes a bold claim that we're going to get all the gold for 2019. So when you, you know, when you set the bar pretty big, my expectations, you know, coming out of TakeOver Phoenix, all right, these guys are going over. And then, you know, after me and you, you and I breaking down a match, I guess, like you said, we couldn't find anything else like what the War Raiders could do after that. So I guess, you know, in the end, it does make sense for these guys to go over. And the match was was damn good, man. It was a damn good match to start off with. You can't go wrong with Kyle, uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Just love his selling. Uh, especially uh, just him just selling for the for the War Raiders, man. He he made them look super strong, man. What what are your thoughts on that? Um, the match itself was just what I've come to expect from the undisputed era. You know, those guys they're 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 fast paced, uh, real sharp, um, just ring generals, and um, you know they they did a great job of making the War Raiders look like a menacing tag team even though the war raiders are faced yes. but they're supposed to be the the big tough guys you know that could just throw them around and yeah the selling was great in the match um i think both tag teams came out looking great um i, I would they be excited did. They to did. Get a rematch you know i just overall i thought the match itself was really strong um and yeah the war raiders i'll just talk briefly about the entrance like when that entrance uh they did a yes. kind of a, a viking entrance you know and it helps set a great tone for the match and for the pay-per-view. So I thought that was really cool. And when, and seeing that too made me think, okay, I think the War Raiders are definitely going to win this because you're doing all this for them. And it just, right. it would you're be You're not going to do a special interest them. like that and and, and not going to get the belts, man. That Right. <laughs> right. It, it's hard. It's hard to see, you know, to, to not have them go over after you put all of that thought into that entrance. But, um, you know, it yeah. was, it was a great match. It was a great match overall. And it's, uh, I guess from the undisputed era side, it's a little bittersweet to see them lose the belts because they they just carry it so well. But I'm not worried about them whatsoever. I guess we don't get the Kyle O'Reilly, you know, guitar with the belt for a while. But you know, he'll yeah, find a way that's gonna be a hard that's gonna be a hard sight to see. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, overall, I just I just think that um, it was it was good booking overall, uh, smart booking overall for both teams. And um, I think both of them have have uh, great things coming their way, so I'm excited for for both of them, really. I do. Uh, it just makes me wonder, you know, after the rematch, do Undisputed get the titles back? Because then then they will make them what three times? Yeah, three I guess that would be three times, time right? Right, and that would be the first ever three, right? Yeah, if they, they were to go that route, just, yeah. Um, usually they so. just do the, the two and that's it for the tag teams. And then they send you up to the main roster. So like my question for you would be like, all right. So the next step after that, you think undisputed will go to the main roster or you think you, you still could see them still, you know, uh, continue that strong brand down there in NXT. 
I think they stick in NXT and they pay off Adam Cole's uh, claim that they're going to get all the gold. I think that probably what's, what this is leading to is one of the, maybe it's the the takeover at WrestleMania that all of them end up winning championships that night. I think that's probably more what they're looking for, mm. like one night where they just totally dominate versus like a slow yeah. build to all of them getting, getting well, gold. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. That's what Evolution did the first time. Uh, I forget what pay-per-view, but they clean house. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's the impact that they're probably going for is one of those where it's just like one pay-per-view. They're all going for titles and they just do a clean sweep of all the matches that they're in and just kind of, you know, the next night on on or on, uh, NXT TV to then be like, look, we told you what we we're going to do. And then we did it and like it, just just in one in one move like that. That's, I think that's where we're we're heading to with them. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, any other thoughts on this match? Because there's a breeze through. There's a lot to talk about. So, I'm trying to keep it. It is a lot to talk about, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep it short with the with the undisputed because you already know what to expect. You know, with Kyler O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, and then the War Raiders, Hanson and Rowe, uh, you know, to sum it all up, it, it was a damn good match, man. And you couldn't go wrong with that for being the first match uh, for the takeover at Phoenix. Definitely. Definitely. All right, man. So, we'll move on to the next matchup of the night. Uh, Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono. Uh, this match was probably the one with that most people were least excited about of all the matches on the card. Um, there was yeah. a lot of buildup for the match, though. They had been fighting for a while on NXT TV. A couple months. For a couple months now. So it, it definitely warranted having a, a match on a takeover card. But, you know, just being honest about it, you know, Matt Riddle and, and Cassius Ono matchup, I don't... Uh, of it's a stack card so it's not a bad thing to say that you're the the i guess the the lowest the one with the least amount of um excitement on a card that's so stacked um is, is not really is not really saying anything bad about you it's just the truth of the the matter so but the match itself you know i thought was was actually really entertaining i was actually surprised at uh cassius ono and how he came out in this match because matt riddle i was fully expecting to go over but Cassius Ono, right. I was wondering, okay, what does what where is where's Cassius Ono's character going? And I, I guess to an extent, I still have those questions. But the match itself, I thought he came out looking really good. And the 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 one quick spot that I'll talk about is him biting the toes of Matt Riddle, which kind of ah uh, yes, I don't think I've ever seen that happen in, in wrestling before. Um, so it was just, it was, a it was just one of those like WTF moments that I'll probably won't forget for a long time. <laughs> but, um, yeah. A new experience. It was a new experience for sure. I mean, but cash I guess he was, he was, had the mindset of, I'm going to just do whatever and pull out all the stops to try to make this match stand out, you know, and, and that definitely accomplished that because, I thought, if anything, this would be the most forgettable match of the night, and it actually had maybe the most memorable spot of the night <laughs> for sure. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I say a couple. I, I love the I love the one he was, especially Cash's owner was biting, uh, you know, his foot, and then towards the end, uh, when Bro basically knocked him. Well, I want to say a knockout, a submission knockout. Is that what you would call it? You know, back in the UFC. Yeah, they. I think they officially a technical, where a technical I heard knockout. It. Yeah, well, officially, I think um, Matt Riddle said I beat him into submission, 
Like it, I didn't knock him out. I didn't tap him out. I beat him in the submission, I think is what. Right. I made him quit. Yeah. Right. Right. So which, yeah, that's that's a that's a first in the WWE. And it looked really good, you know, as it was it happening. Did. It made him look strong. It did. It did. I mean, Cassius Ono was still tapping when the bell rang and and he wasn't even on him anymore. He was like, you know, just in so much pain that Matt Riddle's celebrating and Cassius Ono was on the side telling the ref, I'm tapping, I'm tapping. You know, so that was cool too in and of itself. Um, So, yeah, man, I I, I like Matt Riddle. I like where he's going. Um, I think that he's got the fans right now. Uh, He just, I think, Sooner or later, he's going to have to go, you know, and get into a bigger matchup for a title or just a, a more marquee matchup to take that next step. But this this feud with Cassius Ono, I think, did its job to just kind of introduce the NXT audience to who Matt Riddle is and then to showcase yes. some of his skill set. And so now that we have a good idea of who he is now, it's like, all right, we're, let's let's try to to get him an opponent that maybe can match him to where you actually believe he can lose. Um, now I don't know if that's jumping, you know, to whoever, cause I'm not going to reveal the, the result of the North American championship yet. We'll get to that one, but, um, right, right. you know, but maybe potentially that in his future or I don't know, just someone, another, I'm, I'm looking for that next up. I'm not exactly sure which superstar makes the most sense for, for Matt Riddle to go against next, but, um, I'm, I'm ready to move on from the Cassius Ono storyline. I think that one's pretty much done. And and now it's just time for him to 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 get that next opponent that'll that'll challenge him even more. Well, what do you think about that finish? You know, just showing his because everybody sees this, you know, California dude, bro, surfer attitude. But yet that match, it showed him he can kick it up another gear. And, you know, other people have seen him. But uh, for more of the NXT crowd, who you know, who doesn't know too much about about Matt Riddle, all they seen was just, you know, he got this great Cali interest music, you know, uh, and then he, he comes in with the, the flip flops, you know, just saying bro, but yet Casazono towards the end of that match, he made him quit. He just wouldn't stop. The ref had to pull him off him, man. Yeah. I thought the, the finish was just continuing to pay off what they had set up when he knocked him out in less than what, like 10 seconds or whatever that was. And the first time yeah. they faced off against each other, so, I mean, I hear what you're saying about him, his character and being like kind of that like California dude that, you know, just like smiling and carefree. But they've also on the side parallel to that been, you know, building him up as being this, you know, fighter as well. You know, and they're they're doing a good job, I think, of just blending those two where it's almost like a Jekyll and Hyde scenario. One minute he's smiling, the next minute he's knocking you out or knocking you in submission or tapping you out. You know, uh, I, I didn't it, didn't it didn't catch me off guard. It didn't surprise me. It was I mean, I guess what surprised me is that I've never seen a, a, a beat down in the submission before, but it fit his character. If that makes sense. It fits. It what does. Been, yeah, what it does. Been building so far. OK. Yeah, yeah man, we can just move right along. Yeah. Cool, Got a good cool. pace. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, well, I alluded to it earlier, the NXT North American Championship. Um, that match happened between Johnny Gargano and the champion Ricochet. Um, when this matchup got announced, you know, my initial thought was, OK, this is going to be a match of the year candidate for sure. Like these two guys, every, every Johnny Gargano match, I think, you know, that I've 
not everyone that I've seen ever, but for the most part, Johnny Gargano matches to me equal match of the year. And Ricochet is yes. quickly developing that same um, reputation of just being a, a show stealer. So this match got announced and, and that's exactly what I thought. And that's what I got. You know, for me, you know, this match was definitely a match of the year candidate, just amazing on, on both sides. I mean, Ricochet especially just pulled out some moves that, I mean, I'm not going to go like move by move and really talk about everything, but just yeah. for, for anyone who hasn't seen it, that's listening to this, you just do yourself a favor and check out this match. Cause the, if, if, if you're curious about wrestling and you want to see like some of the best wrestling moves that, that the WWE or NXT has to offer, this match would give that to you. And um, for people that have seen it, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Just see it again because it, it, it's worth a second watch. Yes. I mean, this dude Ricochet, aerial moves are insane. He's he's a video game character. He's just not even. It just yes. doesn't even. He defies yes. the laws of gravity. At sometimes I just watch him. And I'm saying like, how is this possible? You know. And, and I think Johnny Gargano even in some moments like he was somewhat in awe of what he was going against too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, at least that's the, that's the, I, that's the thought. Cause there were some reversals. There was a spot where they were, Johnny would pull a move or pulled off a series of moves and Ricochet reversed all of them. And I, I think, you know, his face said it all. Yes. Gargano was just such a great yes. you know, uh, character <laughs> in itself and, and person. And like in those moments, he knows how to sell whatever he needs to sell. And, and what he was trying to sell there was, wow, this guy Ricochet is unbelievable. He's the real deal. He's amazing, and um, I've, I'm going to have to do something extra to put him down because he, he's just he's, he's he's unreal. So you know, yeah. for me, this match was and on on Johnny's side, what I really loved about Johnny in this match was how he paid off the the story that was building up with him and and Champa and the the Tommaso Champa influence um, because he tried yes. to do it the Johnny Gargano way in the beginning. He actually didn't come out as a heel. It seemed like he was either a tweener or even leaning towards a face. And, you know, the crowd had had the signs up for Johnny. And so it, it was a uh, it was interesting. Like he he basically it was like a classic Johnny Gargano like moment in the beginning. But then as the match was going on, you could see Johnny kind of like, OK, I'm going to have to do something else. I'm going to have to, you know, maybe pull something that that has been done to me by Tommaso Ciampa, which is what we got towards the end with yes, uh, Gargano <laughs> pulling up, uh, yeah, pulling up the, the, uh, the padding from the side, exposing the concrete, you know, and then he questioned yes. it, you know, he questioned it for he a second. Did, he did. I like that. Uh, I, I love the storytelling in this, uh, in this match, man, the storytelling in this was especially from Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Uh, just him, just, you know, battling, you could tell, like you said, he was battling his his emotions. Like, should I do it? Should I not? Should I cross that edge? Should should, should I just go to that dark side? And then in the end, he he did. He he chose he chose the the darker side, and he he won. He said, "I win," and I love that because yeah. Tommaso Sampatet said the same thing towards the end. He said, "I win." Yep, and that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Johnny. I mean, it, it was it was just a great payoff. Like they're they're telling a really great storyline for for both of these guys. And you know, for Johnny, I think it's just needed 
for him to to just continue to uh, to evolve his character in this way, because um, Johnny Johnny Gargano or Johnny Wrestling, the way he was before, I think was awesome, and it just adds more depth to his character to give him this darker side, and you know, just the the struggle during the match, it just it felt it felt real, like you know he he. Maybe, yes. you know, maybe even behind the scenes, like he, he was like enjoying and comfortable and, and was doing well, you know, with the way he was. But, you know, it, it I feel like getting that extra layer to his personality just makes him more interesting. And it's a challenge, you know, to go from, you know, he's been that way, that Johnny Wrestling good guy character for so long. And so this this change to a, a to a heel shouldn't be easy. You know, it shouldn't be a thing that he yeah. can just, you know just flip and now he's just this evil menacing dude who's just like getting booed like it should be a struggle and they really paid that off in it this should. Match. And, and, and they and they told it well and what i liked about it is when he was struggling you know with the whole good and evil through throughout this whole match it was like it reminded me of that episode you, you've seen smallville right all the seasons i believe right. so well so not it's all that once okay <laughs> the ones with lex in it most of them. Yeah. I, I, okay. I'm tired of that show after uh, exactly, show. exactly. So the one with Lex, especially the one he he when he decided to finally accept his darker side and, yeah. and basically kill his good side, kill that little boy, the innocence, you know, that always had that that friendship for uh for Clark, and he finally let it go. And to see that with with Johnny, you know, struggling with the whole you know, with Ricochet, if he's going to power slam him or suplex him on the on the concrete and he end up doing that. That was just like and, and, and I don't know. Did you see his por- his post interview match uh, post interview? Uh, yes, yeah, I, I did. Yeah. OK. OK. And I love that, too. When he said he, he said, I win. He said, I love to win. Like he you, you could tell the way he said it. Yeah, he is so on, on riding this heel right now yeah yeah he's bought in he's bought into this character and the way he is and i wouldn't i don't even know if i would classify him purely as a like just a straight up heel i mean he did do he he did whatever it took to win you know and it it's that's definitely like you know exposing the 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 uh, padding, you know, is usually considered a heelish move, and it's just like not typically what Johnny but, does. But hold on, yeah. you say you don't know if he's a true heel, but he uh, attacked Alistair Black. Remember that in the parking lot. Well, but to to the point. Well, look at the pay per view though. Like when he showed up in the beginning, you know, of this pay per view when before the matchup happened, he didn't feel like. Johnny Gargano, this this bad guy, like he actually was acknowledging the fans. The fans were acknowledging him, you know, and he was into that. I don't I don't what I think is happening right now is that they're just evolving his character. He's not necessarily, you know, this and and maybe he will go further as the story progresses and he will go darker, go further into the dark side. I think he's struggling with that. I think at the end of the match, he definitely did some he did he went that extra length that you know, and it pulled a heelish move, but it, I don't know. The feeling that I have about Johnny Gargano right now is that he's this evolving character with more, with with just a little bit more depth to him. And yes, yeah, some people may look at him straight up as a, as a heel, but I think it's it's actually something a little bit different, a little bit more interesting than that. Because I don't think you're going to have fans completely boo him. 
I don't think you, I mean, I definitely think you're going to have fans cheer him. I think Johnny is not, he may not cut a promo to where he's saying, you know, you people didn't believe in me, blah, blah, blah. Like the typical heel uh, uh, promo. Like I, I, I think that it's just a very interesting place that Johnny, the character is in right now and it can go any way. And it's, it, I think it goes beyond heel and face with Johnny. I think it's just like, he, he's just adding more depth to his character. Now, yes, what he did to Aleister Black in that moment, that was more of a traditional like heel turn. But where it's gone from that point till now, I think it's kind of not it's not so clear like that he's just wanting to be this heel. I think because actually Johnny so was saying, saying he just, he's, just, he's just he's just being more ruthless. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. Like, he, he's getting like I'm gonna take it up a notch. Yeah, exactly. That that's what I see. And when he, if he's going against the face, maybe he is the heel in that matchup, let's say. But I could see him going against the heel and that working out, you know, just as well for him. And he doesn't have to be it, – it's. I think he's in a really interesting place. And I, I, I think that he's just, you know, more versatile now with the way that I feel about his character. Um, okay. So, yeah, it, it's an interesting spot. It's it's even hard for me to truly define, and I actually like that. You know what I'm saying? I like that it's not just this cut and dry, like, oh, Johnny's a heel now, or Johnny's definitely yeah. like a tweener now. Like, we're having this discussion about what Johnny's going to do, and I think that's more interesting than just him being this, you know, evil heel or goody two-shoes face or whatever. So, you know, I think the match came out great. And, it, and, and just so we're clear, because I don't think we actually – you know, said it. I mean, I think you briefly touched on it, but Johnny ended up winning the match. He went over, um, he, he uh, suplexed Ricochet on the exposed concrete, and then he pulled him into the ring and he DDT'd him in, in the in the ring, uh, hanging over the ropes. Uh, one, two, three, got the win. And so now he's the new North American champion, um, which is his, yes. makes this his first singles title in NXT. So uh, just really happy yes. for Johnny Gargano for that because he's definitely deserving of you know having a, a title around his waist and and being he's already to me one of the faces of NXT but you know this just kind of is like another like acknowledgement of just what he's been doing all this time for NXT so just real happy for him um, now the Ricochet part of that real quick on the other side Ricochet had a great run as NXT champion and this was actually his first uh, singles. Loss in loss. NXT, yeah, yep. So that was he took a clean one. He well, clean ish, ish. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, those the concrete, ish. but yeah, it's one of those things, <laughs> right. right? Um, yeah, but I, yeah. I think Ricochet, Ricochet is still okay. He came off looking amazing in this match. Um, so I'm really excited about where Ricochet is going. Maybe there's a rematch coming up, uh, or maybe he moves, you know, into a, a championship match for the NXT uh, World Championship. Who knows? We'll see. But, um, you know, I definitely think that, again, this is another situation where both guys ended up looking great in this matchup. And so win or lose, you know, it, it didn't hurt Ricochet to lose. Um, so I think they did a great job. He didn't because it, it, I felt it was like a protected loss, you know, just the way, you know, Johnny Gargano just, you know, hit him, you know, expose him to the concrete and then follow up with the finishing move. So it was, it was like a protected loss for him. But even uh, if he had beat him so, clean, like let's say let's say that that didn't happen and Johnny had just beat him, I don't think that anyone would say, "Oh, that shouldn't have happened." Like, there's no way Johnny Gargano can beat Ricochet 
clean, right? Well, like, no, it, it all depends how that match play out and how the way this match was. It was like more of a back and forth, reverse, reverse. Uh, I'm gonna try to up you. So, so I can I, I if if Ricochet was to lose like straight up clean, I, I would have took that. I wouldn't have been like, oh no, that's that's BS. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's how I feel about it too. Yeah, definitely. I think. I think it went over. It went over well. That that match was definitely. It was definitely my match of the night. Um, and another match of the year candidate for both of these guys. And I wouldn't be surprised if this time next year it, it ends up winning match of the year. But you know, there's still a lot, a lot of matches to come. So who knows? He's probably it, my top. It is. Guy. It is. Man. My top in the rematch. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to see. Oh man, coming right. match of the year candidate. So we're gonna get man by the end of this year. It, it we're countless. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to the next match. So the next one was the NXT Women's Championship match: uh, Shayna Baszler versus Bianca Belair. Now, this one we did differ on who we thought was going to win we this did. one. You know, I we picked Shayna. You picked Bianca Belair. Um, yeah, I, I ended up being right on this one. Um, now. You were. You were. Yeah. Now, and and to be to be fair, like it was it was tough. It was tough trying to figure out like which way they would go with this because Bianca Belair was undefeated, um, and Shayna Baszler, she's a two time champion. She had just recently gotten the title back, so you know it was it was one of those really tough to see because they they could have booked it either way and it would have been fine either way. Um, but yeah, in the end, yep. they they had Shayna go over. Um, the match itself. So here here's my. I'm, I have mixed feelings on on the Shayna Baszler Bianca Belair feud a little bit. First off, well, well break, break it down to me then. Well, in the in the pre show, I forget this guy's name, but he's um, the Sam guy Roberts. With, what's that? Sam Roberts. Sam Roberts. Right. Okay. You already know where podcast I'm going with guy. It. Yeah. Yep. He, he basically <laughs> said Bianca Belair didn't even belong on the on the card, and. I, I was kind of blown away by the fact that the way that he was going about talking about it, like it, it almost yeah. seemed like it, it was a shoot that he was just speaking to his mind about Bianca Belair's style and just not really fitting into that main event picture. You know, he was bringing up other names and, you know, saying how she doesn't fit on that list. And I just thought that that was a, I just didn't like that. I thought that that was a bad move, actually, for that match to kind of belittle where what what she what they had built up because you've got this undefeated wrestler going against the champion. You know that's a great yeah. situation to be in, and I would yep. think you'd want to hype that up as much as possible. Like something's got to give. Either Shayna, you know, like either Shayna's going to lose or Bianca Belair Street's going to be over, and just how you know how tough it is to see either one of those two things happening but he went the route of saying you know Bianca Belair shouldn't even it's not even NXT takeover worthy so I thought that that was a bad move in terms of how they were you know going about talk or how he chose to go about talking about it um, I don't know whose decision that was if it was just him or if maybe they're just trying to set up Bianca Belair as a baby face and have him be kind of another antagonist for her but I, I I just think that there's another way you could do that. It didn't the way it came yeah. off. It was it just came off bad. So what were your thoughts on that? It did. Uh, it, it didn't need to be said at all. Even if a, even if if it, if it was a line that he was fed, which I believe on my end, because uh, what makes me question it that if it I don't think if it 
it was a shoot. I think it was a work because even the post interview with Bianca Belair, uh, the interviewer actually brought it up, you know, again. So Bianca Belair could speak about it. So I'm like, so if it was a shoot, I don't think they would brought that up, you know, but since it's a work that that's, that's what makes me think. But, you know, I, well, well, Sam for real, man, it, it, it didn't really need to be said, you know, she, she's built the correct way. She's athletic. She's quick. She has a good mouthpiece. I believe her when she says she's, you know, she's, the EST uh, undefeated, yep. yeah. EST, you know, the whole slang undefeated. I'm not gonna say how she said it, you know, right? But, you undefeated, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and I love the and I and not love the match, I love the ending. I love that she got that pass out, yeah, submission, which you know, we'll talk about that for Becky match, but anyway, mm-hmm. I love that she got that, uh, and and it was the right way to end the match. You know, she she didn't tap and and the way she and she felt like she still won during her post interview. That's how I took it. Like she at the end, she still said I'm undefeated. Yeah, so so here's my problem with with this whole thing. Like that set up by Sam Roberts is his name, right? The guy that that made the comment. Yep. So yep. now while I'm watching the match, that's that's in my head. Like I'm actually thinking about what Sam Roberts said. And I'm actually in, in a way rooting for Bianca to to set him straight in a way and show off why she is she she didn't deserve those comments. And the match itself, I don't think necessarily showcased her like during the match, it wasn't a perfect match. I think it was actually a little bit sloppy um, on both of their sides. And that just I think adds to the narrative that he was that that he started with with his pre-show speech. You know, like that it it I don't know. I, I just it upsets me to to even be saying that because I'm right now I'm rooting for her to look really good in in, in this feud because hopefully it continues. But the truth of it is, yeah, I think it would my mind and, and say what I saw. And from the match itself, I didn't think the match was actually that that great. I thought that she was okay, but I just think that she again she was sloppy with some of her moves. They didn't quite they weren't as as cleanly executed as they could have been. And so when you yeah. when you combine that with those comments, it kind of makes it seem legitimate that she doesn't she actually didn't belong on the card. And so then I asked the question, like, well, what what does saying those comments achieve when when she goes out there and she actually makes even a little mistake? Like maybe if he doesn't make those comments and she makes mistakes, because it happens all the time. Like sometimes there's that chemistry with two wrestlers and they just can't get the moves to, to execute cleanly. And it just happens. But when you actually point out that someone doesn't belong and then they go out there and then they're, they actually are sloppy or they're just having a bad day, that could be something that maybe hurts her in the long run. I hope that's not the case for her because I think she has a lot of talent and I think that she, she, you know, her personality, her character, everything, I think she has the tools to really be something special. But I just think now, it was almost like sabotaging in a way. And then unfortunately her match didn't go as cleanly as it, as it could have. Now the ending where, you know, I do see what you're saying and I get it. And it, yeah. it's like, it was cool that she, she didn't just tap out that she actually fought through it and she picked her up a couple of times, like like Shayna Baszler to to be clear about what happened. 
Shayna Baszler put on her her finishing move, which is basically a, a rear naked choke as she has her on the ground. And um, uh, Bianca basically rolls over and actually stands up with Shayna Baszler on her back. Right. And then she's kind of trying to move around and then she falls, you know, to a knee because she's she's like fading in and out of consciousness. Right. But then it looks like she's about to pass out. She doesn't pass out. She gets up again, you know, and then she kind of like reaches out to the crowd a little bit, which is a strong image right there, which I did love. Yeah. And then went down again and then it looked like she was really emotional about the moment. Like she's she's like, I guess, on the verge of tears because she's thinking, like, how am I going to get out of this? And then eventually she just passes out. Like, and that was it, uh, that emotion. I felt it and it felt real. And I felt like that part of it was strong, but it, it overall, I was left with the, with uh, a sour taste in my mouth about the match on a whole because of how it was set up in the pre-show. Like, I wish I wouldn't have even heard those comments. So, so let me ask you this. So you think Sam Roberts dictate the way you thought about this match. So if he wouldn't have said that at all, yeah, like he wouldn't have said that, and you just for you just would have watched the match for what it was. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If he wouldn't, have, if he like, what would be your thoughts on it? Yeah, if if I hadn't had heard what he said, I think what I would have thought about it is, you know, it was it was an okay match, but it was just the first time that that they had gone against each other, and Shayna's the champion, and she's got the numbers game, so it made sense that she went over, and it's fine, and Bianca will be fine, but. I just it just set the wrong tone for me, you know, to to put her in a light where she doesn't belong. And then she actually does make mistakes. And it's like that that goes beyond just the storyline now. Like she literally, you know, you start to think like, well, is there some truth to the fact that maybe she's not that that good and she doesn't really belong? Because when he, he says it and then she she botches a couple moves or she's a little bit sloppy with a couple moves like I don't know that that to me. Well, she doesn't come from a wrestling background, man. She's not even a she's not even a fan. I want it's not like that, but she's not like a a childhood fan of wrestling. She came from uh what was it the athletic background? Uh, same thing as Trish Stratus. What what did they come from? Uh, like aerobics. Like uh, no 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 um like bodybuilding. Uh, like yeah yeah something like that. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah competition. So they came from that world. So they had to learn from scratch, of of how to how to wrestle, how to you know how to take command, how to take uh, how to listen. So but I don't think you know, the WWE universe just... is that sympathetic to really care about that. If you actually when you get in the ring, you mess up. You know, like it's one thing like the story is is nice, but once it gets to like you're getting title matches and there's other women there who are sharp and maybe they've come up and they've been wrestling from the beginning. Right. And they they look sharp in the ring. And then here you come and you're sloppy. Like, I don't think that they're going to say, well, Bianca doesn't she's not as classically trained in wrestling as the other girls are. So let's just give her, you know, the benefit of the doubt. I, I think, you know, when it comes to this, if she keeps getting opportunities and she can't she's not competing at the same level of as a you know Io Shirai or a Kairi Sane there's going to be a problem the fans will turn and eventually just they just won't care you know so I don't see that you make it seem like she's getting like consecutively she's having bad matches no I'm not that's not happening yeah no 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 I'm not saying that (laughs) that's not happening like if you was to say like all right Ronda Rousey is starting to have bad matches would that make you think like does she even deserve like we could say the same thing about her yeah, what what I'm saying is that this particular match, the way that that Sam Roberts talked about 
her in the beginning, set a bad tone for this particular matchup. And this was the first time that that Bianca Blair had a championship matchup. So she's being put in the spotlight to, to potentially be the face of the women's division on NXT. So first impressions to me are everything. Now, she's been there for a while. It's just a, a great talent. But now we're talking about that next level. Once you start getting yeah. that championship opportunity, now we're talking about, okay, you're one of the next people that you'll be the face of NXT, and then you're going to move up to either Raw or SmackDown. But in that opportunity, in that spotlight, if you don't show up and if you don't perform, then I start to question, like, is it, do you even deserve that spot over some of the other people that maybe are better than, than you or show up better than you or should, maybe they should take a step back and like, so I guess what I'm trying to say is you're right that it's not, this, this wasn't a consecutive thing. This was, you know, all in one night, you know, the, the Sam Roberts coming and then the one mm-hmm. matchup. But I just think for her first one and given what she had done already, they needed to build her like you know, just be more behind her and set her up as should Shayna Baszler be seen as the underdog in this situation because Bianca has never lost and Shayna Baszler has lost. So why are we talking about her as if she doesn't belong when she's undefeated? She's literally not lost to anybody. So it, it would have been more interesting to me to to build Bianca Belair as being this unstoppable force that it's almost a foregone conclusion she's going to win. But then you got Shayna Baszler, who's just this dominant, you know, women's champion. And she's just basically run through this entire women's division. It, it, it could have been like. The, the well, she's using player. Marina Shaffer and Jasmine and Jasmine Duke too. Yeah, you, know? yeah. you gotta remember that yeah. she used that the last two matches. So these last two matches, she's been coming out. She had the numbers, you know, not going on. Right, right, exactly. I, just, exactly. I guess I was more interested in seeing this built as the unstoppable force versus the immovable object kind of matchup, and really like wondering, like, okay, which one of these two is gonna be able to come out on top, and maybe feeling like it's it's almost impossible to pick. But when he said that, it's like it totally shifted the perception of the match to does Bianca Belair even belong in the conversation or on the card? And it just it kind of messed up what where they were going with the matchup to begin with. So that's just that's just my disappointment. But I'm hoping that, you know, they they because now you got to commit to to this story a little bit and have Bianca Belair overcome that comment and use that comment as fuel to shove it in his face yep. and shove it in anyone's face that kind of maybe believes in, in anything that he's saying. And so her next match, you know, she's, she's gotta be sharp and she's gotta, she doesn't necessarily have to win, but she just has to really come out looking like, you know, she belongs basically. And it's up to her to prove that. So I'm hoping she uses it as motivation um, in the storyline or if it's, behind the scenes too and maybe there is some truth to to some of it for some of the people in the back i hope she uses it as motivation to then you know really show that she actually does belong so you know we'll see how that so goes. knowing knowing that you're all for like you're you're more focused when it comes to wrestling you're more for in-ring ability than i am like i'm still all for in-ring ability but i'm more for storytelling and character so i'll ask you this with uh with Bianca Belair, would you put her as the same talent for in ring ability as Naomi? Uh, as Naomi, hmm. Yeah. I mean, 
they've definitely they've got different styles. Like Bianca Belair seems like a more she's like speed and, and power, whereas Naomi is more about her flexibility and like her agility. Like, there's agility too. Yeah, there there are similarities, but I wouldn't put them in the same in the same category. They're just they're just different to me stylistically. So I I, I guess I would say no that they're just they're different. I mean, talent wise. You know, they're both really talented to me. Um, they both, I feel, have that potential to to lead uh, and be champions and, you know, be big parts of the women's, the respective women's divisions. Um, now, I think what you're alluding to is we talked about Naomi a little bit last time and said that maybe she needs to be in the ring with someone else who's more of a ring general because, like, yeah. her match... Um, with Mandy Rose, there was kind of some sloppiness there. Um, and and I, I don't know that I, that we know if that's Bianca Belair yet or not. And I, I where I was coming from in that conversa- conversation, even with Naomi, is I kind of feel like Naomi has shown me from time to time that she can be very, very sharp with some of her moves. I mean, she takes a lot of risks, so it's easy to to she's each move she she makes there's that chance that there there could be a, a botch because she's going high risk she's trying to go off the ropes and land that yeah you know but it seemed but it seemed like i've seen her her stumble more yeah than bianca belair though i don't know because like you said they they do have a different a different move it's different style you know? yeah because no yeah 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 naomi can go we're right more agility more aerial uh you know with bianca belair She's more, like you said, power. She come at you with her power game, her yeah. quickness. So it is a different different move set, though. It's different. I mean, I mean, I guess the wrestler that I would compare Bianca Belair most to right now, and I don't know if this is a <laughs> if this is a positive or a negative, but Nikki Bella, you know, kind of comes to mind. Like they have similar, like they rely on on their strength. <laughs> But Nikki, I, I go back and forth on whether or not I, that I think that she's she's there. I think she's had some great moments, but um, I, I don't know. I'm just not completely there with the Bellas as, as wrestlers anymore. Um, so I feel I, bad. I tell you this. I, I trust Nikki to give me a solid 13-minute match. I can't I can't do that with Bree. With Nikki, I can't. Bree, no. Nah. Right. That's where I'm at with it too. Like if I'm choosing between the two, I'm definitely saying Nikki and I would definitely put Nikki in, you know, championship matches and trust her to pull out a, a solid match. And I guess just stylistically, just to, this is the reason why I brought her up that, you know, her moveset and Bianca Belair's moveset seem somewhat similar, but Bianca is definitely more athletic than, than Nikki is. Yep. Um, but, you know, all comparisons aside, I just feel like, you know, Bianca, it's, it's, it's still yet to be seen um, whether, like, how she's gonna be in as in that spotlight. She, this is the first one. This is the first time that she's been in that championship matchup. Maybe there were some nerves at play too. She, maybe she'll get more comfortable, you know, being in those championship matches. We'll see. Um, I'm hoping so. So, uh, but this one, I just felt like it came off sloppy, and I, I didn't think that the comments beforehand helped. So, you know, it kind of soured my my feeling about the match overall. 
All right, man. Fair enough. You yeah. know, I'm just digging, <laughs> trying to see where you're coming from. Right. Where right. your mindset is at. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. So we're we're uh this is the last uh last matchup for a takeover. So let's just get right into that. Um and a right. championship match, Tommaso Ciampa and Alistair Black. Um so I guess you start this one off. What were your thoughts on this matchup? I thought this is a great match. Uh you know what? And Alistair still, even though he lost and lost cleanish too as well, I still felt like he didn't take a step back, or took a step down. Uh, I love the striking game. I love the storytelling, how uh, Tommaso Ciampa tried to uh, try eliminate his striking game, which was which was good. Uh, him still being that sinister, you know, cl- giving himself applause. <laughs> yeah. still being that that chomper so uh that's why i enjoyed about the match uh and i, I love the sequence I, i'm glad that he retained but i thought even though i picked alistair to win me too i'm glad sample uh retained though same same here yeah same here i mean just i mean you said it all so real quick i guess with uh with this matchup for me um it's it's just another example of both guys coming out looking really good and a loss not not hurting Alistair Black and Tommaso continuing his reign. You know, just if it's right, it doesn't feel like it's it. He should have lost. It, it it just everything went the way that I feel like it 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 should have, and it could have gone either way. But you know, seeing it and seeing how the whole match played out, and then seeing the result, I feel like. Tommaso Ciampa being champion is good, and I'm excited about it. Um, Alistair Black, it does make me think for Alistair Black, though, like, okay, is he? are we getting closer to him potentially moving up to, you know, the main roster? Because – Come on, Al. From, Al yeah. Raw. <laughs> no, no, Alistair Black. Not, not just Al, but Alistair Black. <laughs> Let's not change that, but – you know, I'm just I, I feel like we're 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 just about there. I mean, I don't see him starting up another storyline with anybody new. Um, the only thing I can think of would be him in a rematch against Tommaso Ciampa, you know, and, and maybe that being it if he loses. But um you I know. did put that in my notes too. It did feel like that Alistair was on a precipice of just hitting the main roster. Right. Like cause literally I, I don't know where that he can go from here. You yeah. know, he, he and then him showing up at the Royal Rumble too. Right, exactly. Like it just—it seems like it's time. I mean, for for Alistair Black, I feel like he's he's been ready for a while now. Like his his whole uh, presence, you know, his music, his his move set, his he's sharp in the ring. He you know can tell a story. He's he's speaking on the mic now, and he sounds good on the mic. Um, they had him in a major storyline with Johnny Gargano where somebody had jumped in yes. and, you know, that yes. came off really good. There's just so much that, that Alistair has done already to prove that he he can fit and belongs on that main roster that, you know, a loss here. But kind it of, all go downhill as soon as he hits Raw. It could. It could. I'm I'm going to hold out hope that Alistair Black is, is going to be um, one of those guys to make it. But, you know, the the. We don't have great examples right now of guys moving from NXT <laughs> to the main roster and just continuing that momentum. So I, I, I definitely, I definitely hear you, and I'm, I'm just, I, I feel like with Alistair, given the way this match ended, if not a rematch with Tommaso Ciampa, um, I think it's time for him to move to that to that main roster. And I think a lot of, I think the universe is ready for him to 
to move up. You know, the WWE universe is 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 uh, is ready for him to be a part of either Raw or SmackDown now. So um, we'll see how that how that goes for him. Now for Tommaso Ciampa, um, this dude is just like. I, when he says he's the greatest sports entertainer of all time, you know, it's always funny, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, man, like it's, it's, I just yeah. love how he, he says that line. Um, but he truly is just one of the best going right now in all facets of wrestling, you know, telling a story, his in-ring ability, yeah. his overall character, you know, in, his mannerisms, his just, mannerisms. Just simple mannerisms. Yeah. Exactly. In in the middle of a match, just being able to, like you said, give himself the pat on the back or the applause or just little things like that he does like that is part of why I love wrestling. Is is just stuff like that 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 certain wrestlers will do that they they just they just know how to to keep you engaged and make it fun um, and just I, I just Tommaso has he just has it all right now. So I'm I'm a big fan of his. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he can hold that belt forever. The way I feel about it right now, as long as he he stays at this level, you know. And and yep. I, I'm excited about you know him going against pretty much anybody on that roster, you know. So it's it's just Tommaso Ciampa. It feels like he can do no wrong right now. Um, so I'm I'm excited for whoever it ends up being, if it is a rematch with Aleister Black or if they decide to go with Ricochet or, you know, Pete Dunn or Adam Cole or whoever it may be, um, I think he can have a great match with anybody right now. He can tell a great story with anybody right now. So, yeah, he, yes. he's uh, he's truly worthy. And he won the Superstar of the Year for NXT, um, at least the Male Superstar of the Year. We don't really talk about their awards, but... Yeah, uh, but he, he he didn't care, though. He, he didn't, didn't care. Did you see? No, did you right? see how he accepted the award? Right. <laughs> <laughs> he, what did he, he looked at the award and then he looked at. He gave it back. Yeah, and then he, looked, he held the championship more, and then he walked away and was like, "All right, you know, I've I've got my award already." So, which is exactly the, the exactly. I'm like, yeah, that yeah. that that makes sense. Yeah. It, it, that makes sense, man. Tommaso Ciampa, he, he can do no wrong. Now, the the one thing I got a bone to pick with him is just. I can't, I can't see when he was hitting that finisher, the fairy tale ending mm-hmm. on Alistair Black. I could believe it. The reason why he can kick out, I could have, I could have believed it if he would have kicked out. Hold on, he did kick out a second time, right? He he did. Well, I don't remember two. He hit it with ending? maybe three, three of. He hit it with it about three times. I want to say, and he yeah. kicked out once, but then the second time, I don't think Champa pinned him. I think he just wanted to hit it again, but then Alistair re- re- reversed him. Reversed it, yeah. Right, and then hit him, and then uh, in the back and forth, Ciampa ended up hitting him with the move again. So I think that's how that went down. Yes, but he he needs to let go of that move. He that's 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 a power move. He's not a power guy. It oh, doesn't. So you don't fit like his, his finisher. You don't like it. I don't. I don't like his finisher, man. I, I hate it. I I wish it was something else, man. Like something more of his. Is is uh his in-ring ability is something to include with his agility, his quickness. You know what that knee strike he does with in, in DIY, something he could change it up, modify it. I don't know, do some type of super kick, dude. But that that move set, that's that's not for him. That's more for a big guy. That that's why I can I could believe, you know what? That would look sick for uh Oh my God, my mind just went blank. I can't believe I can't. Drew McIntyre, there we go. Drew McIntyre. Yeah. If he was to do the fairy tale ending, 
Tell me you wouldn't buy that then. Yeah, I would buy it, but I, I don't necessarily not buy it for Tommaso Ciampa. I mean, especially the fact that he could do it. It's it's impressive that he lifts him up and he's just like hold him up there for a second and he drops him down. Like if he yeah, he could do it, but I'm not buying it that he's not he's. I'm taking the ass. He's small enough that he's not doing enough damage, and the reason and that's the reason why that the Alistair keeps keep, keeps kicking out. Hmm. That's I, how I saw it. Okay, I, I looked at it as Alistair's just a, a just a tough dude, man. Like this is this is not a guy that should be getting in by any one finisher, man. Like Alistair is just a, it, not human, you know. So to to for Alistair to kick out of of that move just felt right, or anybody's finisher for that matter. That's how I took it. But I mean, you know that that's 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 a uh, I'm not gonna just throw away your gripe like that. Like I, I hear you, I hear what you're saying. Um, I just don't have a problem with it. I, I think it. It looks cool. I think that the fact that he's able to lift up a, a dude like Alistair's size and and just like hold him up there for a second and drop him down, like it it's uh it's an impressive looking move to me. Um, but in terms of just the move feeling weak to you, like I, I hear what you're saying. I think it, feel, it feels weak to me because it should be more of a power guy that should be handling, it. like uh, like I said, Drew McIntyre or Cesaro. You know, big guys using big power moves. Uh, that I would buy that. It was just, you know, he's a smaller guy, so he's doing a power move. But to me, you know, it's that's just me. That's my one gripe. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me that you're trying to do a power move, but you're a small guy. Like it's cool that you're able to do that. All right, I get it, man. You're built, yeah. You got like no, no percent, no body fat at all, right? But <laughs> I, I just think that you you should do something more in your in, in his wheelhouse. Mm. Yeah, I I don't know. I, the way I look at it is the fact that he's able to do it shows that it's in his wheelhouse. And like, there's a lot of times <laughs> where smaller guys will do power moves just to kind of get that wow factor from the crowd. Like, wow, look at him pick up this big dude. Like, imagine him that he's gone now, but imagine him doing that to a guy like Lars Sullivan. You know, like he's this big dude and he's able to pick him up for the fairy tale ending and hold him up there. Like that visual would be insane. So the more he does that, I feel like he's he's trying to, you know, have that wow effect with with a move. And I and I think he's the type of guy that eventually he's going to have multiple finishers like this might turn into a signature move for him, you know, and he yeah. ends up evolving a, or creating another move that he's using as his finisher on the main show. That might happen. But um, I don't I don't think uh, that it's I think it's a good idea to have a move like that where. When you do it against somebody who's bigger than you or, or smaller than you, whatever, but especially the bigger guys, like that, that visual is always really cool. It's like the Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant, right? Like a guy like, like picking that guy up and holding him up. Even yeah, second, someone like, bigger than you. Right, exactly. So for, for this move, I think where it'll really, you know, give you that, that like, oh, my God, moment. Is is when he does it against a big dude, like a really tall dude. Like if he does it to uh to a Drew McIntyre, you know, or or I mean, there's no way he's gonna do it to Braun Strowman, but imagine if he did, right? Like it's one of those things. Like I I I like the idea of him having that that moment where you know he he can show off, like, look, I'm a I'm a strong, powerful dude, and I'm quick, you know, as well. So, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's. I think you're nitpicking a little bit, but it's it's fine. It's fine. I, I hear you. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, that's just that's just me. Right. I, I guess that's just me. Personal preference. You know, yeah. small guy, stick to your wheelhouse. Don't be don't be doing big guy moves. 
Oh, I'm a big man. guy. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep doing those those big guy moves, little guy. All right, show off your strength. Show off your strength. Um, cool, man. Uh, well, the only other thing to talk about is that at the end of the uh, the show, there was a there was a moment right before they went off the air where Johnny Gargano uh, joined Tommaso Ciampa on the stage, and they they both kind of looked at each other, and they were both. You know, you have uh, Tommaso Ciampa with the NXT Championship and you have Johnny Gargano with the North American Championship, which is a real nice moment because Tommaso Ciampa alluded to it. And it was a part of the story, but yeah. it's also there's a the deal where they, they probably did talk about it and were saying, hey, wouldn't it be cool if both of us just kind of like took over, you know, NXT and we were both champions, you know, in, in the singles division. And it, it's happening now. Like you know, and at that 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 was a was an amazing visual, and I'm happy for both of those guys because they are workhorses, man, and they've just been been killing it for. They've been tearing it up, man. Yeah. They've been tearing it up ever since they started the storyline. Yes, like it. Look, look how it started. Yeah, it started as a tag team, how they split up. It, it, it just I mean, it really for me goes back to the so many directions with this man. The Cruiserweight Classic, they went against each other. Um, they, oh yes, and yes. and that was an amazing matchup. Where you looked at it, you said, "Hmm, these two guys, yeah, they're they're starting to do this tag team thing." But I'm really intrigued in this matchup between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, and they have such great chemistry that singles is definitely in these guys' future, you know. And then, yeah, the progression of them is DIY and winning the tag team championships, and then splitting, and then having a feud against each other, to now both of them being singles champions and and holding the two main championships on NXT. Like it's 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 an amazing sight. So I'm I'm just real happy for both these guys, and I just I, I want them to to have great long reigns where they you know get to just be on top of the on on top of the 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 NXT uh, roster, let's say, and the and and just kill it, continue to kill it for the company. Um, now after yeah. the, campaign, I think those are guys. I think those are guys need to be don't even need to go up to the main roster, man. They just need to stay where they at. I agree. I agree, especially those two, because I am concerned about what would happen to Gargano and Ciampa on the main roster. I feel yeah, like because Alistair, of their size, right, right. Alistair Black, I'm not as as concerned, even though they they there's no telling. I mean, they could mess it up with anybody for sure. But with Gargano and Ciampa, I do get concerned because I don't know that that they are the type of guys, like you said, with their size, that the WWE really knows what to do with right away. Um, so and. There is some thought because I've talked to some people about it that Johnny Gargano might end up on 205 Live, you know, which he, he was in the Cruiserweight Classic, so it makes sense. And oh man, that would be a sad sight to see if but, I see him on 205. Then that's how I feel about it. Even though it's it would be great for 205 because you would have some legitimate talent, you know, to to lead that that roster. And those guys are really talented on 205. It's just you know, it's just not. Yeah, but it it. But if they're not gonna do anything with like the like the the roster is is nothing the the roster is fine on two hundred five. It's just the product itself, the way they right. present it. Exactly. Uh, at first, how they did it, they did it live right after SmackDown. So now you got a dead crowd. I stayed for two hundred five before at a SmackDown uh, show it was like a couple years ago. Yeah, and it was it was cool. I think I think it was like a Neville match. I believe. Yeah, I went to go see. It ended up being great, but. Uh, you know the the crowd was barely into it, man. And half the half the crowd left. 
But when they start doing it, you know, in the beginning, you know, I think they switched up the show, the times. They start showing it on Wednesdays yeah. instead of Tuesday right after SmackDown. So now they start pre-taping it right before they kick off the uh, SmackDown show. You saw you saw the the difference in the crowd. They was more more into it because yeah. uh, now it's, it's basically like a pre-show for them now. Right. And I think that was I, I thought they was on to something. Like now, this is how you get people, you know, invested in like, hey, who is that? All right, I need to see who was he's all about. But now they they're taking another step back as like, all right, here we go. Two hundred five is right back to being live right after SmackDown with a dead crowd again. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm there is that with Johnny. I'm I'm concerned, and I don't. I feel like he could be the type of guy that maybe could take that roster to another level, but I don't want to see that. I'd rather him be on SmackDown with, you know, the likes of AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and those guys versus uh, 205 Live. But, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely – I don't – I'm with you with wanting those guys to stay in NXT for a while because, you know, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure how it would be for them on the on the main show. Um, and some of the other guys too, like Ricochet and – and uh, Pete Dunn, like, I'm, I just don't know how they would be on the main roster. I feel like NXT is a perfect place for them to to just be showcased in the right way. So, you know, we'll to be right to be until permanent. I see some major changes in on the main roster, man. Just everybody just stay where you at. Right. Right. So, yeah, that's how I feel about that as well. Um, Especially you, Al. Al, you, you stay where you at, yeah. Al. I need to see you on Raw. Al- Alistair Black will be fine. I think Alistair Black, <laughs> that that I'm I'm ready to see him. You know what? Me. Seriously, I hope you're right. Because <laughs> if he's on SmackDown, I would feel a little bit better. Okay. I'm like, okay, he has a chance. They, they, they'll probably do like a, you know, just slowly introduce him, what he's all about. Yeah. But Raw is so it's such a different approach. It's like, you know, they they try to go for the cheap pop, and then they they show you too much of uh, of him now, and then now 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 you're getting used to it. Yeah, it's it's like I, I, I don't know, man. I'm worried. I'm worried if he goes to if he goes to Raw, I'm seriously worried. Yeah, one. Well, it's funny because I feel like that's where he belongs on Raw. You know, I just I can see it. You know, I can see the lights going yeah. out. I can see the entrance, and I can see just him just taking over Raw and being that main guy that has that. I mean, I talked about it a little bit last week. He's got, uh, I think his his path is the Undertaker route. You know, like just being that type of figure for uh, for Raw or, or for the WWE in general um, to be that presence, that like you know scary dude that you feel like every match he's going into, you know, he's the favorite. He's the, he's that badass that, you know, that everyone is, is thinking, yeah, he's going to whoop whoever he gets in the ring with. Um, and I just think that it would fit so well on raw if they do it right. But you know, that's if they do it, right. Yep. that's if they do it right. Uh, if is, this would be the only way that I would believe that he will be okay on raw. If triple H Says like, dead. I got this, dead. Don't, don't, don't mess with him. Don't change his name. Don't change him to Al. Like he will be my project. He's he he already have a six month bill with me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's crazy because that's what I remember uh, reading. A, this was like a maybe a year ago or so. Uh, reading about when Triple H was telling like the the main roster writers SmackDown in life like. 
if you're gonna if you're gonna bring up my guys from NXT, I want a story for them for at least six months out. Hmm. But it seems like that's that's not the case. It is definitely it's not. Is it, from seeing what's not. going on right now, <laughs> that is that is definitely not what's going on no. currently. Where where's sanity? Right. Where's sanity? Nowhere to be found. Have you seen him? Nick, Nikki Cross. <laughs> Nikki Cross is getting a little bit of a push right now, but the rest of Sanity. Yeah, she's yeah. showing up on both shows, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, Sanity. No, that's that's yeah. They are in obscurity. Dark matches. That's that's probably about it. <laughs> yep. Oh man. All right. Well, that in, that concludes NXT Takeover. So 